Hello and welcome to Two Beers Till Takeoff, the podcast inspired by conversations overheard at the airport bar. Join Phil as he grabs a couple of beers and chats with interesting people from around the world, sharing expert knowledge and hilarious stories that you won't find in your guidebook. So pull up a stool and get ready for an adventure as we explore worlds of travel and beyond with Two Beers Till Takeoff. Four hours in a Taliban headquarters. I had dog meat in Laos. Was a golden retriever? Smack a dirty old smooch <laughs> on our beautiful fish right here. We didn't die, but we fell down the side of the mountain. Hello, and welcome to Two Beers Still Takeoff. My name is Phil, and on today's episode, we are going to India! Our guest today is the first and only British hockey player, the gap-toothed gangster himself, the goat of storytelling, joining us live from Portugal. Welcome back to the show, Sid. Uh, these intros get better every time as well. I enjoyed that one. Brought with me today uh, an India pale ale, ready for the uh, ready for the theme as me well. Me too. Oh no way. Me too, dude. India pale ale. Oh, Let's wow. go. What are the chances? <laughs> it's 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 actually it's a it's like a. It's an India Pale Ale, but it doesn't taste like an IPA. It's not a very strong, hoppy beer that you typically associate with an IPA. The Alexander Keith. This is a this is a Karuja, which means owl. In case you're wondering. Awesome. What's going on with you, dude? Fuck it. I I don't even remember what I remember last time I've seen you. You looked like a fucking Top Gun fighter pilot. <laughs> uh, I was auditioning. I was going to be the stunt double in the next one. I figured Tom Cruise can't lose any teeth, but it doesn't matter if I lose another one. <laughs> what was it like shooting down that big balloon? it was fucking it's been a hard week i tell you um yeah uh, you know things are things are steady i've got a trip coming up which is you know i'm excited for i'm doing yeah uh, i'm doing egypt um then i'm going to the uae abu dhabi specifically uh united arab emirates for people who don't know yeah excellent uh and then to saudi arabia you're going to saudi arabia i'm going to saudi arabia you know you know you can't drink there right I was thinking You're if gonna I fucking die. I was thinking if I get really, really tanked the weekend before I go, it might just carry me through. I might just be able to like cruise off of fumes. But we're just trying to stay drunk the whole week <laughs> from just that one night. That was my plan. Uh, no, I'm fully aware I can't drink, you know. But I, I'm I'm running out of countries that I can drink in, so I figured, you know, a, a little period of detox maybe is not a is not a bad idea. Fuck. So what? So what made you want to go to Saudi Arabia? The women. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it was just yeah. It's a case of you, you know, want to go see a Ronaldo or yeah. That's what I mean. You you can watch a journalist get executed in the morning, and you can watch Ronaldo play in the afternoon. Where else can you do that? So <laughs> no, we should probably stop with the stereotypes. No, it's just it's just completely different to anywhere I've been before, and the flights are randomly really cheap. So mm. I just figured it was something that I'd like to uh, I'd, I'd like to do. Uh, nice. One thing that I would like to put to the to, to the followers, to, to the nomads, if they're, if they're interested in helping me, is I haven't actually booked a flight out of Saudi Arabia yet. And I'm tied between three options of what to do. Because I can either do the generic option after Saudi Arabia. Whatever I do after Saudi Arabia, I'm going to want to go and get pissed. I mean, I'll make that clear. Let's not beat around the bush. I will be, I'll be sick of, you know, of mosques and cultural Street experiences. Yeah. Well, I can catch, right, a flight to Budapest. And then from there, it'll be easy to go back to Brazil, you know, or something like that. Or I can do something else odd, and I can either go to Azerbaijan or I can go to Uzbekistan. 
So basically, oh shit, dude. Yeah, I've got generic route back through Europe, or I can do Azerbaijan, or I can do Uzbekistan. I haven't yet decided which one sounds the best. So if anybody wants to help me out on that, I'd appreciate it. I think I'd do Uzbekistan because yeah. I think I know the least amount from from those those options. <laughs> I think the capital is Tashkent or something like that, isn't it? But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know too much. Tashkent or something like that. That yeah, it starts with a T, I think. But that uh, my my knowledge of it is really limited. So yeah, it could be an interesting Toronto. option. Toronto. Yeah, I think it's fucking. I think it's Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's wild, man. I'm. I'm. And how long is this trip going to be? Um. Well, I'm actually going to be doing it pretty slowly because I'm going to be doing some work as well. So I'm actually going to be away for like two, two and a bit months. Oh shit! You're going to become a digital nomad. Wow. Yeah, something like that. I've been taking advice off the guys that keep coming on this show, but. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll start a vlog. <laughs> Jesus. Oh wow! Wow, that'd be good on a, on a phone that has like one megapixel. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Just walking around, <laughs> filming on a potato. Um, we we kind of glanced over this a little bit, uh, but UFOs. I don't remember a time where UFOs has been more in the news. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, what have you been hearing at at uh, at uh, at base camp or whatever? I, I, I've I've been, I've been keeping my tinfoil hat on so the aliens can't contact me. But I mean, we've had we've had what like three of them this week now. I mean, one of them was China. Yeah, like obviously. one was shot in Canada. One of the, uh, three of them were shot down in the U.S. in Alaska, over Montana. What the fuck is going on, dude? Dude, maybe we are getting close to space travel. Maybe the next stop will be the moon. Shit. I mean, like, yeah. In in Saudi Arabia, when I go out, I'm going to have to wear like sleeves and trousers. Do you reckon on the moon I can wear a wife beater? Because I'd be up for that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting time. I think uh, I'm excited to, to see what happens. Are we going to get to meet aliens in our lifetime? You know, I, I, I've had a few experiences in the jungle that felt like I was with some aliens. But yeah, maybe not e the kind. <laughs> Phone home. <laughs> Yeah, another thing that's going on though uh, is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's tonight. It is. Who you got? Go Bears. I <laughs> oh, don't tell me the Bears didn't make it again. Um, no, I've been I've been reading a lot about the the the, the Eagles' defense, you know, and we have an expression that yeah. you know, offense wins matches, defense wins wins championships. So championships. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back in the Eagles. Yeah, I think we've seen it. Like we, we we've seen the Eagles' defense. Obviously, it's a different defense. Some of those players are that are on the team now are still, uh, or were the ones that won a Super Bowl with like Fletcher Cox and stuff like that. Uh, and then we've seen them take down a formidable offense in the Patriots in the past. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up against the, the the Mahomes crew because it just seems like they don't really have a central player that they're going to throw to. So it just seems like it could be Juju Smith-Schuster, it could be Kadarius Tony, it could be anybody. So it's just like, how do you kind of game plan against that? Because Mahomes, is, he, he just can make any shitty player into a better player by just, you know, his talent. So it's going to be a really interesting game. I think I'm with you on the Eagles if I was a betting man. And uh, yeah, are. I think it's a tight one though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the, you just got to look at my, my, Michael Vick so fast. <laughs> Yeah, no, so it should be a good one. Riri at the halftime. Excited for that. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully it's a good game. Fuck. Uh, so Sid, let's get into the... Uh, let's, let's talk about India a little bit here before we, we dive into it. But 
So what made you want to go to India? Um, I suppose this is actually quite relevant as to why we just mentioned Saudi Arabia. I was just ready to to step up the the weirdness of the countries I was visiting, I suppose, for lack of a better word. Right. Because, you know... Because yeah, there's, there's a different level of, of, of difficulty going to this country, right? You're going to shit yourself probably within the first 12 hours you're there, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. Deli, I mean, we'll talk more about food and drink in a bit, I guess, but De- Delhi Belly is, you know, people mention it for a reason because everybody gets it. I don't know anybody that didn't get sick at least at some point there. And yeah, it's not a country with really, really luxurious toilets as well, which doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if I would be, you know, diar- if I had diarrhea, I'd, I'd like a bit of porcelain to kind of soften the blow. yeah. Not, it's not like that. It's, uh, I mean, look, in, in, India really got off to a bit of a rough start and didn't 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 back down at any point. I, I left India feeling a little bit abused, to be honest. So there will be. A, I'll try and make this episode sound a little bit inspiring for people that are interested in India. But I will be honest, I did think it was awful. <laughs> I mean, we got we got. We Tell got, me how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, we got we got we got off the plane in Delhi. Um, and I was with Ricky, and Ricky's a uh, Ricky. Ricky's a chain smoker, and uh, or he was at the mm-hmm. time. And we got off the plane, and uh, I mean, he, he 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 couldn't, you know, after like a a ten hour plane journey, he couldn't get a cigarette down him because he just didn't have the oxygen in his lungs to actually breathe in anything. I was sitting there with like a fucking oxygen mask on, like <sighs> it's because the, yeah, because it's extremely hot, but it's just so smoggy, you know. It's like it's 40 yeah. degrees for just air pollution the air quality is abysmal yeah you know and you, just, you don't even have to buy cigarettes you just breathe you there. just breathe in yeah i mean you save a bunch like that but and i mean it just makes you feel groggy right off right off the bat which was probably why we we did feel there leaving a you know we left the feeling a little beaten up but um mm. you know there, there, there are a lot of nice things that we did in uh in delhi you know, we, uh, dis- disclaimer, okay, for anybody listening, we only did Delhi and Agra. The plan was to go all the way down to the south, spend a month in India, and then catch a boat over to Sri Lanka. We actually did eight, I think it was eight or nine days, and then we were just like, I, I'm done with this. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll get into some of that. I, 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 think, I, think, I think we can maybe just uh, sell the, the story that's going to come at the end here, but that might be a reason why that you fucking wanted to get the hell out too, uh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it certainly helped. I mean, I I'm significantly more flexible, but Ricky is very much English when he goes abroad. You know, he, he's football, beer, find some local women, and he doesn't really differentiate from that. Whereas, you know, I've got maybe a few more levels to what I like to do. But so this was never a bit more cultural. Slightly, I've been to a museum or two in my time. And <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a difficult sell for him this but you know once one once i wasn't there to say oh keep going keep going because i'd had enough that was it you know we were we were very quick to get out of there we were actually in agra when we made the decision and uh we realized that there was a flight that we could catch that afternoon to get out so we caught a taxi from agra to delhi which is like two and a half three hours yeah imagine how much that taxi bill should have been it wasn't that bad because it was india but yeah and we got there yeah and i thought oh, we'll be able to go straight in no we couldn't. There was guys with guns outside, yeah, guarding to stop people getting in with tickets. I thought we could get in and get a ticket. And by the time we tried to explain to them what we wanted to do, because they were up, like completely bemused why two people would show up to the airport without tickets, yeah, <laughs> it, the plane had gone. So we went back to oh, the hostel. We went back to the hostel in Delhi that we knew and tried the next day. But we bought the tickets online so that we were ready to go to Sri Lanka. 
right? Turns out when you go to go to Sri Lanka, you can't fly in unless you've got a flight booked out. And by the time we'd resolved that issue, we'd missed the plane. We'd missed the plane again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But at the third attempt, we did actually get out of there and get to Sri Lanka, which was nice. No wonder these airlines make so much money. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, so that's, I suppose let's crack on with a few things that were nice. You know, Delhi's got a few interesting attractions. We went to the Red Fort which is basically, you know, like a big red castle, I suppose. If people don't really, if people can't really picture that, I don't really know how else to describe it. You know, but it's like mud, clay effect walls. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we went to a Lotus, the Lotus Temple as well, which was fine. It looks cool from a distance, but it wasn't really that interesting when we got up there, but it was all right. We went to some tombs as well. Uh, what was a tomb called? Huma. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Humayun's tomb, which was... Oh, yeah, that's the one I was. I, was, I thought you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humayun's tomb, which was quite beautiful, actually. I was, I was a fan of that. The other thing we saw was India Gate, which, to be honest, just looks like the Arc de Triomphe. And I think I've voiced my opinion on Paris on here a few times. So the fact that they're... I think ni- so, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they're taking <laughs> tourist attractions and copying them from other cities that I don't like was obviously not going to score them too many points. Did they have a Statue of Liberty too? Or? Well, that was what they were missing. I think they're going to get one of those done. It's become, <laughs> going to become like a new Vegas, Delhi. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you know, there, there are nice points to it. There were things that we enjoyed. You know, there's a lot to see and do. And you meet people there who go, ah, oh, I love it, India. I'm obsessed with India. I've actually got a friend who's moving over to India in a couple of weeks because he went there, did a month, went back, did another month. And he's like, fuck, all I want to do is go live in India. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand why somebody would like to do that or, you know, would, yeah, why somebody would do that by choice. But you meet people and they go, ah, I like, you know, they're a little bit crusty as a a term that I think we used in season one when Sam May came on. Anyone who didn't watch that episode, it's like, you know, the hippies that don't wash because there are some very, very polite, very hygienic hippies, some of them. Well, not so much. And those are the kind of, dude, I'm out here spending $7 a day. I take my showers in the Ganges. In the Ganges. You know, this, 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 this kind of people, you know. Um, so there, there is obviously some kind of appeal to it. It didn't really catch me, but there were, there were things to do. It was just all of the difficulties that come with it. Because, you know, as I said, food and drink, I suppose we'll probably do a segment, but it's yeah. very spicy, very hard to find good meals, and you end up getting sick. Nobody right. really enjoys being sick, no. as far as I'm aware. No, um, it doesn't seem like that... a place that you go do a week or like 10 days. You, you need like, you need to schedule in the time that you're going to be on the toilet. Yeah. You know, which... you've got the transport and the traffic, which is not particularly pleasant. They've got tuk-tuks, you know, which is a big feature of Southeast Asia and South Asia, which is great because they're really cheap, but they don't completely help you avoid the traffic. Yeah. And obviously, as I said, it is dusty and there is air pollution. We actually should have been wearing masks looking back. You know, pre-COVID, I don't know how easy it was to find them, but it's what we should have been doing. Fuck. Yeah, the, I mean, like the train journey we caught over to Agra, yeah, we'd been advised, get second class, at least second or first class. The guy didn't speak any English. We ended up buying third class by accident. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. It looked like uh, one of those trains that they used to transport prisoners. It was like <laughs> cages just with people stacked on top of each other. And the smell of feet was horrendous. Like... India doesn't smell very nice, generally, okay? Again, sorry if that's a stereotype, but it is true from my experience. People people shit on the road. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the they smog, just, they... the pollution, like all this shit, plus shit, plus it's hot. So you can imagine the people that need to travel third class, you know, I feel very sorry for them. But when they're all getting together cramped in this tiny little compartment that's got to be 40 degrees plus outside, so God knows what it is in that little compartment. 
dude, the smell was just impossible. We met some guy who managed to talk us into, like, managed to convince the guards to let us stand between the carriages in second class so that we didn't need to go into that third class area. I think he had pity on between us because we were the clearly, carriages. yeah, because we were clearly two, you know, Western tourists that had bought the wrong tickets. So I think he pitied us a little bit. But Fuck. yeah, it was just just a very grim experience. Wow. I will though. Do, I, I think I will all the content that I'm all the content that I'm going to do from this, I'm going to tag India Tourism just because I'm I'm sure they're going to share the shit out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I will I I will, I will give them their dues for one thing though, which you know was nice to get a positive in. I guess the Taj Mahal when we got to Agra, absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think I've done four or five of the wonders of the world. Probably still is my favorite. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just a, a sensational building and it's, you know, really nice views. And we, we got to Agra late because this train journey was obviously a bit of a mess and things like that. Um, and we actually just decided to do an all-nighter. We said to the guest house guy, um, our original guest house didn't exist, by the way, in Agra that we'd, uh, that we'd booked. It was actually just a derelict building. Like it wasn't even finished. It was a construction site. Um, so we found this guy who was still awake who, you know, gave us, you know, a room. And uh, there was no air conditioner or window in the bathroom. In case anyone was wondering what happened with Delhi Belly. How was the atmosphere in that in that hostel? Absolute zero out of ten. No, we <laughs> we we probably cranked it up to like a four. We we said to him, can you, "Have you got anywhere that we can get some some beers?" And in the middle of the night, he sent off this young kid on a motorbike. You know, kid was about thirteen, so I don't know what license he had, but he drove off on a motorbike and come back with a bunch of like dented beer cans. And so we sat on the rooftop, you know, whilst the sun was coming up. And then we took a stroll down to the Taj. And because we got there as it was opening at like, I can't remember what time it opens, five o'clock maybe. It's a bit like we said about Machu Picchu, definitely get there first thing in the morning, yeah? Yeah. We actually got a tuk-tuk part of the way because there were so many stray dogs on the road and like monkeys running around that we were starting to get a bit intimidated. So we caught a tuk-tuk the last 300 meters, best 50p I've ever spent. Um. Yeah, but you get to the Taj, you walk in, and, and it's just peaceful. You know, it's just religious people, um, you know, do, doing their thing, creating some kind of ambience, and you know, going about their day. And it's just a really nice experience before the tourists get there. Super photogenic as well because it's all, you know, nearly all symmetrical. Yeah, that's if you're wonder, if you're from wondering, what I've heard from other from what I've heard from other people is that uh, it highlights the riches of the region, like that. It's, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All the buildings in Accra are just like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Every, every single one. They're all marble palaces <laughs> completely. Yeah. Tear down. It's not symmetrical, this apartment building. <laughs> you know, they, um, <laughs> you know the towers that they've got either side of it, yeah? They actually lent those out to the side slightly so that from a distance it looks bigger, which is interesting, isn't wow. it? Wow. Yeah. But uh, it was also a present that the guy gave to his favorite wife. Not to his only wife, to his favorite wife, which I think is a nice touch. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we jump to uh, food and drink there, I, I have to ask you a question. This is one that I, I've kind of had from kind of looking back to all the episodes we've done. And it's how the fuck does all this crazy shit happen to you? I I bring in so many people into this podcast. And sometimes some of the bigger guests that I get, they don't have anything near or even doesn't doesn't even sniff close to the stories that you have how the fuck do you attract danger and crazy shit what the fuck i i i think it's just like a kind of magnetic ability that that some people naturally have i don't think it's necessarily a positive but i i've met a couple of other people on 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 my travels who i feel have the same thing because whenever i go out with them something happens 
you know so i feel like you know if that happens when we have one or two nights together i can imagine that 365 days of the year they're probably getting the same stuff so i wouldn't say i'm unique but i think probably two things that i do is drink beers with breakfast and whenever i see a dark alleyway i take the dark alleyway because who knows what's at the end it's it's almost like you never you never say no like if somebody's like hey you want to come and go go to this cockfight yeah yeah, because yeah makes things happen, doesn't it? If you said no to everything, you might as well just sit in the hostel, play a game of chess or something. I, I'm still I'm still upset about that fucking uh, Peruvian cockfight that we missed. Yeah, me too. I'm sure we'll catch one next time, but I've got no idea where that guy's phone number went. It's probably in a backpack somewhere. Yeah, Not it's probably backpack, with my obviously. phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. Let's let's uh, let's let's go to food and drink. And drink. All right, let's let's start off uh, food and drink with uh, a little bit of a joke that I heard. I was listening to a comedian and he's like, yeah, I called my dad the other day and I was like, yeah, I just went to a restaurant. I just went to go eat some Indian food. And his dad was like, what did you have? Some deer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I think only the North Americans will get that one. Maybe just the Canadians, but I was a fan. <laughs> Yeah, it was like kind of a deadpan joke that like nobody really got, but it like once they got it, like you just hear people like roaring in the back. It was so fucking funny. Shout out, uh, his name is William Montgomery. Hey, sounds like a guy. Um, yeah, no yeah. deer though in India, unfortunately. Not that I found. <laughs> um, so yeah, curry, I suppose, is the obvious place to start. Um, yeah, millions and millions of variations, each one spicier than the last. Uh, no beef because of religious reasons. In case anybody was unaware of that, um, right? Yes, yeah, so it can be hard to find uh, to find red meat. Well, actually, you can't find beef. Um, you know, so it's a lot of chicken basically. Or they do a uh, dal. There's a lot of people eat a lot of dal, which is with lentils. Okay, everything comes with rice. We're talking. It's a lot of eating with your hands rather than knife and fork job. Not even chopsticks, which is you know the minimum I was hoping for. But yeah, eat with your hands. So. If you haven't washed your hand or you've been taking a... If you've been defecating on the motorway with the locals, you know, you, that's probably how you end up getting sick. Um, yeah. You know, other than that, other than that, they've got like, you know, samosas, naan breads, rotis, yeah, which is where you're getting your, oh, carb, yeah. getting your carbs from, you know, to, to try and re-energize and fill the body up a little bit from everything that's coming out. Um, other than that, you, there's a lot of dishes, you know, like biryani, um, chicken tikka, butter chicken things like this which i wonder oh butter chicken take tikka yeah I, I i wonder we went we went to a very expensive restaurant and got butter chicken i think it was the only time we didn't have a really spicy meal um oh tell a lie we went to a chinese restaurant one evening as well unfortunately the food wasn't spicy because god we needed a, we needed a break um yeah i i do wonder though how authentic they actually are i'm not an expert and somebody's probably going to call me an idiot for not knowing this but I, I remember hearing some rumors growing up as a kid, because obviously we've got a big Indian community back home in England. So we've got a lot of Indian restaurants. And I always thought a lot of the non-spicy ones and a lot of the ones that are popular back home were actually created back home. So I don't know the origins of some of these dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember meeting an English guy tell me that butter chicken was an English dish. Yeah. I've, I've heard that before, which was probably why we only found it in the expensive like, place. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, with all the curry that's growing in your fields. <laughs> You know, one, one, one of the things we found was we managed... Uh, the first day we were there, we couldn't even find a breakfast that wasn't spicy. Um, we, managed to find a guy, we managed to find a guy with like a food truck. Yeah, he was selling something that was called a double egg, double mutton. 
I don't know why this is what we went for, but it just sounded nice. You know what mutton is, yeah? No. Yeah. And mouton. Thanks for the French listeners out there. Maybe we've got a couple. Um, yeah, and even that had some kind of paste on it, so it wasn't completely like a plain. But that was quite fine for breakfast, and fortunately, because it had some bread wrapped around the double egg, double mutton, uh, it was, you know, carving you up so you had some energy for the day. Because it, it is just hard to stay fueled, which is why I think you don't see many fat Indians. You know, I think their diet is quite... Uh, it, it's not got a lot of sustenance. Yeah. It just feels like sometimes, it, like, if you, even if you do eat a big meal, just sweat it out, right? Yeah, yeah. It just comes out of you. Nothing stays. You're just renting the food. You're not owning it. Um, <laughs> you know, on, from, a, from a drink point of view, there's, no, there's only really two I want to mention um, because there was two that stood out. And, yeah. Uh, Lassi, which is a, a yogurt-based drink, which you can find from South Asia kind of all the way across to, like, Eastern Europe. Or, you know, as far as like Georgia and things like that. Um, I think I spoke about, I can't actually remember what it's called in Georgia now, but I think I spoke about it once on here before. You know, they even drink it in like Mongolia and places like this, but they call it Lassi in India. And it's good. It's refreshing. It's fine. I wouldn't go to a pub and order it, for example, but as far as local drinks yeah. go, it's worth trying. Um, and then their beer, obviously, because that's what we all came for, is called Kingfisher. Uh, there is actually a rumor that the kingfisher in India, again, this is a rumor, I can't prove it because I'm not in the pharmaceutical business or, you know, a chemist. Uh, it's got Vaseline in it, which is why it shoots out of you like the food. Okay. And there is a very weird Shit. aftertaste to the kingfisher in India. It's not the same as the kingfisher, which I've had in Europe, for example. No way. Yeah. So, yeah, if you get there, many people will have heard this as well. And a lot of people in the hostels and stuff will say it to you. Yeah, Vaseline in the beer. I don't think it's a large oh. amount. Like, you can't just, like, gloop it out. It is still liquidy. But there's something in there to give it, uh, you know, an extra quality, I guess, is the word we're looking for. You know, but back in my day, you could get a bottle in a bar. You could get a bottle in a bar for about a pound uh, or so, which is pretty good for a country that doesn't have a big drinking culture. Yeah. So there is that, at least. I mean, you're drinking Vaseline, but for a pound, I mean, I've drunk worse. It's probably good for, like, a, a sore throat or something. <laughs> Uh, I guess so. Uh, quick question, I guess just a little aside. I know it's not for food and drink, but like um, with India being a, an ex-British colony, did you get any shit from people uh, for, because you were British? No, quite quite the opposite. We were looked at very uh, very highly. It was one of the first places I went to where we saw that effect of being celebrities as such because people would come and ask us for, for photos. And like when we went to Humayun's tomb, there was at one point there was actually a queue of people waiting to take photographs of us. Wow. Yeah, which was quite a quite a turnout for the books. It was yeah interesting. So definitely yeah no. If anything, we were we were given more respect than we were than we were expecting. I mean maybe they just knew who I was. Maybe it's different for <laughs> Joe Bloggs and John Listeners Smith. Listeners of the pod. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no no treated wonderfully uh, by the by the people. I can't really knock them for that. Nice. Did you guys get a chance to go see a cricket match? No no we didn't. Um, it just, uh, yeah, I don't actually know that much about cricket. I know how to play it, and I know that they like it. I know that apparently I know the we like it. Yeah, I know the insect. But uh, that was my cricket impression. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we didn't catch it. But they're mad, they're, they're mad for it. A lot of people speak to you about it, you know, and you see a lot of people playing on the street and stuff. But there's no fields in Delhi. It's not like when we went to Sri Lanka where you could get out on a field and play with people and actually have a little hit. They're like playing it up against like rickshaws and... And cars and stuff, you know, it's, it's, yeah, not ideal for a game of cricket. It's like playing baseball. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's like playing American football in a living room. It's just not the right area for it. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers, I guess, but fuck. Dude, they're called Indians, not beggars. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Oh, my God. Well, I just, I just, I just feel like that the can we just i just got canceled <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of getting canceled like it just happened wow uh, been waiting for it so with that i guess we should just get to the story then i eh? story time right so for story time today i'm probably gonna have to explain a few characters before we get into it because this if not it doesn't really make that much sense I'm going to have to explain one side note as well, but I'll, I'll start with the people. So we were four at the time. It was me, Ricky, who I'd explained about earlier and who's been mentioned many times, actually, when I've been on the show. Good travel, Shout buddy. Shout Ricky. <laughs> um, we had with us a guy called Dimitri, who was actually from Washington, D.C. Um, actually, there's nothing else to say about him. He was just there. Um, and there was a guy with us called Arj. Um, Arjun Boogle, I think, was his uh, full name. He's, uh, he, he, I think he was the youngest or the fastest man to walk around the world. He holds some kind of record like that. Um, the man's got some stories as well, as you can imagine, from that kind of adventure. He, English guy. Yeah, we've tried to get him on. We've tried to get him on, right? But he's like fucking yeah. disappeared. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe he, was, he got caught up in Uzbekistan or something like that. Um, yeah, he, um, he's English, but he has some Indian heritage. And for this reason, he speaks a little bit of Hindi. Um, which was was relevant at one point in this story. Basically, um, we wanted to go out because I know India's not got like a famous nightlife scene or anything, but fuck, what do we do when, we, when we're abroad? We always do this kind of thing. And these two guys were the same as me and Ricky. They wanted to go out. So we'd already tried, and the only bar we'd found in our area in New Delhi was this same rooftop bar we'd kept going to. Um, and and we, we were ready to try something new, and we'd spoken around and asked a bunch of people and couldn't find anything. One guy told us about this place called Mia Bella's, okay? I actually looked it up earlier. It's no longer a bar, unfortunately, which is devastating. Um, it's now like some kind of classy couple's restaurant, the kind of place you take your Doris on, on Valentine's Day. But, um, yeah, at the time, it was a bar, and the guy had said good things about it. Arj had done the communication, which is why we managed to actually get a bit of information out of somebody, because if not, it, had been, it was impossible. Not because they don't speak English, it's just hard to get information out of these people for some reason. I guess because Delhi's such a big city. You know, people don't know the other neighborhoods. Anyway, so we got crammed four of us in this tuk-tuk. And we went, up to a, we went up to this area. And we get out, and suddenly it's like a different world. Yeah, Gone is the, you know, is the people sleeping on the motorway and, you know, and dirt and, um, you know, tuk-tuks and falling over rickshaws and cows on the road and, you know, people spitting on the floor. Suddenly you've got, like, people in suits, strobe lights and... Uh, yeah, there's not even, even the air was nicer. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So we walk up to this bar that's at the end of this street, Mirabella's. There it is. Go upstairs. Okay. I'm sorry. The side note I was supposed to cover on this. Um, a couple of weeks before we went to Delhi. Okay. Two Danish girls, I believe they were. There is an article online about it. I'll see if I can find it in case you want the link. Two Danish girls sure. uh, had gone on a trip there. It is a tough part of the world to travel as a lone woman they'd been kidnapped from delhi taken to a village um on the outskirts of what? delhi yeah and they were hung what there was some Fuck. kind of issue i don't know the ins and outs of it culturally or religiously so i'm not going to get into it and put my foot in my mouth but there seemed to be some kind of issue between the local men and white western woman 
at the time. Anyway. Is it because she kept saying namaste? That might have been it just on repeat, telling them about how he ba- she bathes in the Ganges, $7 a day. Um, <laughs> repeat, I don't know what it actually was that caused it, but that was the, that, that was the story from the news that we'd heard about. Um, so we go into this club and pretty quickly, we, you know, we split off into, in, into pairs. Yeah. And as I said to you, Ricky, like local women, you know, he was going to do his thing. I walk into this VIP room. I've got Arge with me, which is probably how we got in. Cause yeah, was, I didn't know how to speak to the guys, but Arge just give it a little bit of the local lingo. And that was it. You know, he could do what he wanted. So go into this. He was VIP- like your Vaseline. He was like the Vaseline. Just <laughs> slipping straight through. No issues with Arge. Man's hundred percent Vaseline. Um, so we got into this VIP room and the first thing this guy came up to me he's like ah yeah you're a tourist yeah he's like you want, you, you want some cocaine and I was like Jesus we're a long way from people offering me like double egg double mutton on the street and I was like well not tonight actually thanks best, be, best not um, and so we're like right this VIP room is completely weird let's get out of here when we get out there we can't we can't see Jimmy and, and, and we can't see Ricky and Dimitri anymore so me and Arj go over you know, to these two, uh, to these two Western girls, you know, because clearly their English is going to be good. And, you know, we figured that was a good group of people to speak to. Turns out they're from, they're from Germany, you know, and we're having a nice chat. We're having a good night. And we spend quite a lot of time with them. We drink a lot of beers, you know, pretty wasted by the end of the night. Standard. Typical stuff. Yeah. Nothing, nothing you wouldn't expect, you know, didn't go back into the VIP room or anything. I figured, you know, once was enough in there. Um, and as things start to quieten down, we see, um, we see Ricky and we see, we see Dimitri. And uh, we've uh, just, just just one Indian girl, and um, sh- sh- uh, a guy comes over, yeah, who'd been close to them, lingering around them, and says, uh, oh, "I uh, I can take you to an after party if you want." And we all looked at each other. And went, None of us have had a proper night out since we've been here. I don't know how long the German girls had been there for, but Arj had been on the road for like three months, just through like the stands and Bangladesh and India and stuff like that. Actually, Bangladesh after India, sorry, poor geography, but. Anyway, what I'm saying is he hadn't had a proper night out. You know, me and Ricky were obviously clucking. So we were like, absolutely, we're going to this after party. So it turns out that he is the girl's brother that Ricky and Dimitri had been speaking to. So I don't know what he'd been watching or, you know, what he'd gathered from what the, the dynamics of the group were at this point. But we're six tourists, okay? And there's two of them. So we go and we walk into the car park, you know, and we're walking quite far away from everybody else. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I know a good... Uh, a, a great after party, you know, and we're going to go somewhere and pick up some some beers and then we'll go to the after party. And alarm bells were ringing maybe a little sounds bit. Sounds like a nice guy. Well, yeah, sounds like a nice guy, but alarm bells were ringing a little bit because we'd gone so far away from like the club area. But it turns out he has actually got a car, you know, and he's got the key for it because the door's open. So everybody gets in. Wild. But obviously there's eight of us. Yeah, as I said. So me and the two German girls, we get in the boot, right? And then you've got Arj the, sitting the trunk in the, for North Americans. Yeah, in the trunk. Yeah. Of this, you know, of this big, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's not like a sedan car. It's, it's bigger. It's where, you know, you actually could store some stuff in the boot if you uh, ran a company or something. This kind of car. Like a family carrier, we'd call it in England. Anyway, you've got Arge in the middle, Dimitri and, Dimitri and Ricky on the wings, the wide receivers. Yeah. Super Bowl day. And then the girl and her brother are, uh, are up front. Okay. He starts driving. Everything's fine, you know. Everybody's talking amongst themselves. I'm talking to the girls. Things are, things are going nicely. Things are going to plan. Okay. And then I start to hear a little bit of commotion because we've been going for a little while now. And I'm starting to think like, okay, you know, fair enough. I don't know what, why these guys are getting a little bit antsy in front of me. Ricky turns around, like in, leans over into the trunk and goes, Sid, Sid, 
you know, pay attention. This is not right. This guy is driving weirdly. Yeah. And I, I looked up and for the first time I looked properly out the windscreen and he was driving like a lunatic. Yeah. Guy's speeding. You could tell he was going fast, but he's swerving in and out of traffic. Yeah. He's not waiting for anything. And he's, you know, we're the fastest guys on the motorway. Were you with Paul Walker? He might have been Paul Walker. Yeah. I mean, he looked Indian. I don't know where Paul Walker was from originally, but. <laughs> yeah, those blue eyes. He's definitely Indian. <laughs> right. But I was like, oh, I don't worry about it. It's cool. It's cool. So I go back to, you know, our, to our conversation and the guys are getting more and more, you know, uh, like kind of agitated in the middle row. Yeah. And they're going like, this is not right. This is not right. Yeah. And the driver's shouting back at them. They're shouting at the driver. And I'm like, fucking hell, this is going to get to, into a fight in a minute. I mean, I was still very distracted. I wasn't paying so much attention. Like that it was, you know, I wasn't. You were just it, in the back with the girl, right? That's what I mean. I wasn't letting it dominate my evening. Um, <laughs> but then, right. Ricky grabs me again and he goes, dude, we've got to do something. This is getting out of hand now because we've been going for like, I don't know, half an hour or so. Dude, that's not a pop to the corner shop or pop to the liquor store to go get a couple of bottles. You know, I wouldn't have even expected that drive for the after party, let alone just to the, you know, just to the store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sid, can you can you maybe describe the trunk? Because you say that you're, you're talking to Ricky and you can you can see outside. So it's like a like a hatchback, kind of like the back would open up from the outside um I, I don't know what a hatchback is for you but for us it's a small car it was like one of those long uh five seaters yeah so that in the trunk you've got that extra bit of space the back part would completely open up so it'd be easy to get things okay. in and out of that's what i meant when i said right. it would be good okay. for a company car yeah okay. and then obviously there's okay. nothing there's nothing covering the trunk so we can lean forwards and see or speak to people or they can lean back and speak to us right okay right okay hatchback for north americans we're good fantastic Right, so in this fucking hatchback, right? Lewis Hamilton's at the wheel, or wherever we were with this. Um, <laughs> right, so we're now speeding along, and we're getting out of Delhi, yeah? And you can see, because some signs there, you know, written, written in English, it's like, we're not, you know, it's clear we're not going to Delhi. We're getting towards other, other uh, you know, other cities, or, you know, we're seeing signs coming out of Delhi now, and we're like, holy fuck, yeah? We're worried about going into the villages, okay? I say we, mostly the three guys in the middle, because obviously I'm only half there, or half paying attention. Ricky grabs me one more time, says, dude, dude, we've got to get out of this. And I was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, give it some time. Yeah, we stop at the lights, yeah, and he actually stopped for once. As I said to you, he'd been storming through everything else. Dimitri and Ricky get out of the car, right? They get out of the car on the motorway. Same motorway people have been shitting and sleeping Holy all day. Fuck. Yeah, and they can't help the car. The guy doesn't even wait for him to close the door. Storms off and the door's just closed because he's, mo he's moving, right? And we're like, oh, And you're still in the car. Fuck, yeah. Just me and Arj and the two girls. And we're like, oh, fuck. And the guy now is just screaming at us, yeah. Like, properly verbal. Wait, what is he saying? No idea. He's going, he's going off in Hindi. I don't even know if Arj caught any of it. Was he, like, a big guy? Reasonably big. You know, not, not like Big Sid, but, you know, he, was, <laughs> he, he, he would have taken Dimitri, I reckon. Um... Okay. Anyway, right. Yeah. Look, to be honest, there was four of us. Yeah. If it was hand on hand combat, obviously there was only one winner. Yeah. But the issue is not hand on hand combat. The issue is we're in a car. Where is the car going? What's the safe way to to evacuate? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Right. What do we do now? Because we've just left those two on a motorway. Yeah. No real way to contact people. We're not in Delhi anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. So. Arj grabbed me and goes, this is serious. I was like, I know, I know. So I actually climb out of the trunk into the, like, the middle part whilst the car's moving, yeah? And I'm shouting at the driver now. I'm involved, yeah? And the driver's like, you know, fuck you guys, fuck you guys. Yeah, he says some things in English, which was nice because I was starting to lose track of what he was saying. 
Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe, maybe appreciate, you just appreciate it. Maybe it was like Russian and they just sound angry, but they're actually just asking how you are. Um, <laughs> if you're going to insult me, at least let me understand it. Like, come on. But yes, yeah, so he gave us a couple of fuck yous, yeah. So I grabbed him. I grabbed him whilst he was driving the car, yeah, like 100 kilometers an hour. I fucking just grabbed the guy, yeah. And I was like, pull over the fucking car. Pull over the fucking car, yeah. And he slams on the brakes, right? We're on a motorway still. So everybody else is like skidding behind us, beeping behind us, you know, having to go around us because we stopped. And he's going, oh, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, let us go. Let us go. Yeah. We've got to get the guys. We've got to get the guys. And so he drives here yeah, and he tries to pull off on a side road. Yeah. And so me and Arj both grab him now. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'll pull this fucking handbrake if you don't stop and go like, you know, go back. Yeah. I was like, I'll pull your fucking handbrake like, whilst he's driving. Anyway, as you can tell, this is a completely out of control argument. People are just shouting. It's a loud environment. It, it's not a, it, it's kind of killed everybody's vibes for the night out. Anyway, right. What were you thinking afterwards? Okay. Well, actually at this point was he probably doesn't actually care about the guys, which is why he drove off when Ricky and Dimitri got out. Doesn't care about this. He probably doesn't care about me and Arch, but what he's annoyed about is that we're now causing problems because we're getting physical with him. Neither of us have attacked him, but we're making it clear that we're there. What he almost, almost definitely wants is the two girls in the back. I've got no idea what he would have done to them, but after the last time we grabbed and threatened to pull the handbrake, he pulled, turned back onto the main road and did a U-turn onto the other lane of traffic, yeah? Even though it's the middle of the night, this, this is still busy. So that was, a, that was yet another lunatic move from this guy who may or may not have been drink driving. Yeah, but we're now heading back into Delhi and we're like, oh, thank God this is, this is hopefully over. Yeah. And he said, looking back, we weren't scared for like me, Arj, you know, or the other two. What was the fear was the two girls because, yeah, the last time two Danish girls had gone into those villages, they'd been hung. You know, so, yeah, as we're driving along the road now, we go back for another few minutes because we'd not been that long since. And we'd obviously already had one fight and already stopped the car once. We weren't that far away from where we'd left Dimitri and Ricky. And there they were standing on the side of the road with a couple of police cars. Police cars had obviously gone past and seen oh, two white tourists on a motorway on the outskirts of Delhi at God knows what hour in the morning, yeah, and just gone, this is not right, yeah. So they'd stopped, Fuck. yeah, right? Got out of the, got, they pulled the car over, they got everybody out of the car, yeah, the German girls were shook up, yeah, they got out the trunk. I never seen two, because obviously they must have known the story of the Danish girls, they'd heard all the fighting yeah. and stuff like that, they'd noticed that two of the guys had left, yeah. Like, you know, if me and Arjad had jumped out as well, they were, they were gone, they were done for, yeah. You know, never oh. seen two people so shaken up in their lives, you know. You needed a, needed a hot chocolate and a hug from their mum, I think. And the police, uh, poli police threw them into a tuk-tuk and said, no, no, you know, let them, let them go back. The police pulled so, over. So, so, so the police stopped the, the car? Police stopped the car, yeah. And then they, they got us all out, yeah. They, they, they took the guy out and they were speaking with the guy and the girl. I don't know whether she actually had an interest in Ricky or was just trying to set her brother up with whoever he was working for or whatever he was doing. You know, she may or may not have been in it, but basically she, they took those two to one side and, you know, the, I don't know what the police would have done with them afterwards. We can speculate that they may have been arrested. I don't think they would have been. Um, yeah. Because in theory, we hadn't let it get far enough that they'd done something wrong. So it was, you were, you were taken against your will. So it was almost like a kidnapping. Yeah, but this is how we viewed it. It was, it was a kidnapping, you know. I don't think they wanted to kidnap us. We were just... Uh, you know, we were just the the extra casualties. What they wanted to who they wanted to kidnap was the two in the back that we happened to be with. But so they Fuck. they'd attempted to take the six of us out into the villages. Unfortunately, this police on the way back after me and Arch had really tried to stand up for ourselves had stopped the car and cleared everything up and got us in tuk tuks going back to the center of Delhi. 
Never saw the German girls again. Wouldn't surprise me if they just gave up and went home because that's a horrible experience. You know, that's why would you want to continue after that? I don't know. Maybe you would, but also you could you could forgive them for going home after that because it's pretty grim. Fuck. So, yeah, no, a lot, lot to unpack there, man. Holy shit. So, like, how, what was the demeanor of the, the, the guys once they got stopped by the cops? Were they, like, defensive? Were they, like... But, yeah, the guy had been defensive for... Dude? No, the guy had been defensive for a long time, and he didn't really become... We stopped shouting because the shouting ended when we realized we were going back the right way, when we realized we were going back into Delhi. Yeah. You know, so the shouting had stopped, but he was still, you know, he was still like, oh, fuck you guys. And, you know, he, 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 he did a lot of cursing. Didn't have much of a vocabulary on him, like myself, unfortunately. No. Um, <laughs> um, so he was, no, he was still throwing a, few, <laughs> throwing a few insults, but it wasn't, you know, the extreme shouting and the, you know, the aggression that had been happening on the way out of there. But he wasn't subdued, which is why I don't think he got arrested, because it, ge- it gave me the impression that this had happened before, because he didn't seem shaken up. He just seemed like, oh, it's the cops. I'm... That's that's my Fucking night ended. Yeah, Tuesday again, once a week. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so they 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 seem perfectly fine with it, which which actually raises suspicions more than anything else. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that that's a fucking hell of an experience. So like, how? So I guess did that contribute to you guys wanting to leave India? Um, I I, I think it maybe put us on edge. A little bit more. I think the turning point for us was actually after we'd gone to see the Taj Mahal and we were sitting in a restaurant for um, for lunch and a big monkey come into the restaurant. Yeah, honestly, about the size of King Kong. I never seen anything like it. And he walked into the restaurant and just started going at people's plates and me and Ricky hid in like the janitor's closet whilst he just had his way of our food. I think at that point we probably had <laughs> enough. But this this definitely contributed. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's pretty fucking intense. Holy shit. Yeah, so certainly an experience. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess the one question I kind of have from this, but is like, you know, you guys drove for like a long time. Did you guys end up chipping in for gas or? <laughs> Absolutely give him two stars on Uber. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly one of the more dangerous predicaments I've put myself in. As you said, it's because you don't say no. You know, you're looking for these opportunities for fun and excitement and that leads to things that today's story is probably a perfect example of what happens when you just push and start going out say yes yeah and say yes yeah it, like you unlock so many cool things huh. right you unlock you know experiences with locals and uh, so many more positive things but then you also unlock occasionally some fucking crazy shit like almost getting kidnapped yeah i i, I wouldn't do anything differently because you've got to take the rough with the smooth because i think you win more than you lose by saying yes whilst you're traveling. But when you lose, you do end up, you know, with stories that are fit for travel podcasts. So right. bear that in mind. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, man, this was awesome, dude. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of having you on back when you get back from your big trip in Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and the UAE. And that is if you do make it back. If I only get one call from the Saudi prison, I'll make sure it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I might see if I can get some bits for you to throw on your Instagram. That's probably the best I can offer you. But I'll make sure you're updated. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, dude. As always, you're you're the goat of the show, man. You just love having you on. And uh, looking forward to your next little trip here. It's been a pleasure. 
We'll speak soon. Take it easy, everyone. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers Till Takeoff. Thank you.